Sean, obviously a tough loss here for you tonight. How do you plan on picking up the pieces moving forward into Sunday's Elimination Chamber? Well, first of all, I'm taking nothing away from Seth Rollins. It takes a certain breed of individual to label himself Mr. Monday Night. And uh, Seth has all the attributes to absolutely state that claim, but his focus is solely on being Mr. Monday Night. Uh, I made a sympathetic mistake in there, which I shouldn't have. I was amazed by his resiliency and bravery. But at the same time, and I think it's globally known that I'm, I'm trying to balance a lot of things at once. A superstar like Seth Rollins can focus his attention on this and only this, and I still have to find my way of trying to do everything at once. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but if they got the right person to do it, I'm not gonna give up and I'm gonna keep trying. But this is a call to action to myself, because Sunday it's not one night, it's every man in the chamber. And it's a brutal structure that the chamber is. And I've said it, I need to win the elimination chamber for the first time in a decade and a half, I don't have a road to WrestleMania. So, so I got six days to sort myself out. Uh, I'm gonna get to work. Best of luck on Sunday. Seth, an incredible performance from you tonight in the gauntlet match for an hour and five minutes, defeating both Roman Reigns and John Cena. What from tonight can you take away to apply to Elimination Chamber this Sunday? I mean, yeah, you know what? I, I pinned two of the best in the world. Two of the best all time back to back in one night, and I guess that's something, you know, that's something to hang my hat on, but the truth is, Renee, it doesn't mean anything if I don't win the Elimination Chamber on Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses, Josh Custodio. Justin, when you touch me like this and you hold me like that, I just have to admit that it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> what is how we do this show? How really? we do this show, baby. How all we do right. my favorite podcast, Top Marks. It, it just occurred to me that I do like literally verbatim the exact same intro each and every week. And I was just thinking... If I was a professional wrestler, yeah, and I was doing this as I like come to the ring like Enzo Amore or right, whatever. Right. Sorry, he who he he who shall not be named. <laughs> uh, Road dog. Yeah. Yes. Would it be a sing along at this point? Oh, wow! That's a great question. So if you're listening at home right now and yeah. you've heard me do that intro enough times, do you say it along with me <laughs> as you listen in your car? The answer is probably no, but maybe one person does. I wonder if one person could recite it off the top of their head, because I can at this point. Yeah, I'm sure I, most people probably could. I know how the intro goes, so yeah, that's... But what do we do here once we're done with the intro? What is this? Justin, that's a great question, and boy, I'm here to tell you. We are Top Marks. We are the most popular, best, most famous, most wealthy wrestling podcast on the internet. And every week, Justin Morissette and I discuss the one, two... Three biggest topics in the world of wrestling. For how long, Justin? 15 minutes. How? What would you say 15 minutes is also the exact length of? A WCW television title match. Justin, you went two for two there, and I'm proud of you. That's um, what we do. I'm proud of me, too. I'm proud of both of us. Yeah. Now, 
every week we try to address the biggest stories. Sometimes, though, there's things that pop up that we might not necessarily be able to go the distance on for a full 15. That's true, yeah. And we did this a little bit last week, but I feel like there's a, a big one this week, too, that I really was thinking we would do a round on, but then I realized the round would probably be like five minutes. <laughs> well, let's do that five minutes now, Justin. Sure. What is it? It is uh, the, the rumors, the rumblings, uh, that WWE, if... If he retires from the National Football League, WWE are trying to lure New England Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski into the wild world of wrestling. Man. I almost said wide world. Wide I world. I switched it up and was like, no, you know what? If Gronk's going to be there, that shit's wild. Well, especially <laughs> since, as we all know, WWE stands for Walk with Elias. But <laughs> yes. It, 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 Justin, what, so... And of course, World Wild Wrestling <laughs> Entertainment. <laughs> that's what they stand for. So I'm not uh, much of a football fan, but here's what I know about uh, Bobby Gronkowski. And you, you tell me if this is a sort of accurate picture, okay? Sure. So I saw him do this set of quote-unquote stand-up, which was like... Very bad. I, I could not believe how bad it was. Is his thing sort of that he's like... The loud, dumb party guy? Mm -hmm, exactly. Okay. He is, like, the dumbest jock on planet Earth, basically. Is he good at football? He is the best tight end in the world. And, you Whoa! Know, <laughs> really? Easily the best tight end in football. Now, granted, that's <laughs> a very limited position compared to, like, the full scope of wide receivers. But, like, he's really good. He's okay. A, he is an elite-level receiver, in the sport of football, yes. So here's where my mind's at right now. So he is a good athlete, and I know that he's dumb and jockey, so maybe that means he has some personality. Could he be a decent wrestler? Now, here's the thing. Okay. I think if he were to come in, and they, it's straight up said even in the article that said that they were trying to court him, that if he should retire from football, they would basically give him a very similar structured contract to what they've just given Ronda Rousey. Okay. Which is that he would be like a part-time full-timer, basically. No house shows. Yeah, but still like around a lot. Though I wonder if he would try to do... You know, if he if he has so much respect for it, and obviously is a good friend of Mojo Rawley's, that if he <laughs> how long would it take for him to become a better in rig wrestler than Mojo Rawley? Uh, probably not very long, <laughs> like a couple months. Well, he's such like a freak athlete that like I think he could probably pick it up, but also he's so dumb that maybe he <laughs> never would. And like I don't know, even if he was bad though, like I feel like I I fantasy booked in my mind, yeah. His first program, like the dream first program okay, hit for Rob Gronkowski. Well, he's me. already been in like a year-long feud, which is a pretty hot feud with Jinder Mahal. Okay. They, oh, yeah, they, they have history. They have history stemming back to the way Mojo won the Andre Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania. Right. And uh, they've interacted before on an episode of SmackDown after that. And... After the Patriots lost the Super Bowl, <laughs> shouldn't have hindered. Jinder had like an amazing <laughs> troll after their loss, which was spectacular. So I'm going to continue that program. Okay. We're going to do a similar thing to Ronda Rousey, though, where clearly she's not ready to work a match on her own. Okay. So yeah. we're going to put Gronk into a tag, except unlike Ronda, it's not going to be a mixed tag. Wait, hang on. Even a year into this feud, he still can't wrestle no, no, no. a singles match? Well, why? It's, he's a year into this feud in real life right now. Oh, okay, That's okay. what I'm saying. So uh, okay. this, we're going to pick this up oh, okay. where it's left off. Sorry, already. I thought we had already started. No, 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 no. Okay. no. He's oh, okay. just coming in. This is his first match ever. Okay. It's a marquee match at SummerSlam, let's say. All right. I'm, I'm, and it's a tag match 
Rob Gronkowski oh, no. teaming with John Cena <laughs> okay, against Jinder Mahal oh, no. and Baron Corbin. Okay, so explain why. Because uh, you have the football player connection with Corbin and Gronk. Yes. And then Cena and Jinder should have been a match already? Uh, well, Cena and Jinder, you'd think they'd have natural heat based on yeah. what they both stand for. Yeah, it should have been a match already, like you said. Uh, and exactly like you said, the football thing. Okay. And Gronk and Cena work together, too, because Cena is from Boston, so he would love the uh, Patriots. Oh, right. And Gronkowski would be like a sports hero of his. Shit, that's pretty and good. And also, they are both together just like, imagine it. It's like the most fucking American <laughs> dumb spectacle you can think of. I think it would, if 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 that was the selling point heading into SummerSlam, Gronk and Cena versus Jinder uh, and <laughs> and fucking Baron Corbin, who obviously already has history with Cena as well. I would if if pay per views were still a thing. Oh wow! I feel like I would have to see that so much that I would at least go to a bar for it, if not order the pay per view <laughs> at home with a bunch of friends. Well, uh, okay, so it sounds like you are pro Rob Gronkowski. Yes, yes because look, think of how many guys that Vince has an absolute boner for. Yeah. Like a Baron Corbin, like a Roman Reigns, like a Mojo Raleigh, who are all just failed former football players. That's true, yeah. And there Gronk is a hard on there. Is a successful, possibly former football player. Yeah. And like Mike made the case to me earlier this week that like, well, he's never gonna be a character. He's always gonna be Rob Gronkowski. But Gronk already is a character. Yeah. If he has if he is Mr. Gimmick in real life. Like Mojo Raleigh's gimmick is that he's friends with Gronk. <laughs> Gronk yeah. is Gronk. <laughs> you know? Like that what, what what to be honest here, Justin, be true to your heart. Yes. What's the better gimmick? Being friends with Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. Or being Rob Gronkowski. I'm going to have to go with being Rob Gronkowski. I have Gronkowski. to agree with my hashtag good friend. <laughs> Justin, we have this out of the way. Justin loves Rob Gronkowski. Can't I just I think it would be fun. I don't know if he'd be good at it. Maybe it would be something that lasts a year and fizzles out. But I would want to see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know much about him. But I'll would I would I'll watch almost anything. I'll give anyone a kick at the can. Velveteen Dream shouldn't be as good as he is. There's lots of exact Kurt Angle. Yeah. Who knows how Ronda Rousey turns out. Like, There's examples of this. I'll give anybody a kick at the can. There we go. So we addressed that. There we go. Is there uh, anything else we need to address this week? Justin, we have to address what the three rounds that we are going to spend 15 minutes on this yes. week are. And in round number one, Justin, the WWE announced this week that their uh, the brand split is half over, it would seem, that uh, pay-per-views are no longer brand exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll dig into our feelings on that, where I think we have some areas that we agree and also some that we disagree. Yeah, I feel like I might not get as heated as Dolph Ziggler last week, who, by the way, got some cheers this week as a... Uh, you know, a guy who's being <laughs> held down by the system. The crowd is there's some people on Dolph's side. You hear them cheering. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rat anybody out here, but I am gonna say that I got both a DM and a text from listeners asking if we were actually mad at each other. Which or was <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> were you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Why were you mad about? Because you wouldn't listen to me. You I wouldn't was concede li- any ground. No, I wasn't. Because you're making bad points. No, they're all great points. <laughs> I'm mad again. <laughs> Look, I tweeted this, and you responded, "No, no, no." But it's true. <sighs> Look, if there is a path to redemption yeah. for Sheamus, then there is a path to redemption for Dolph Ziggler. Because I could not have hated Sheamus more 
than I did between like 2012 and 2015. Yeah, both SmackDown leader and World Champion Sheamus. Yeah, Robert like Reigns are no good. Pale Super Cena Sheamus, SmackDown's version of Cena Sheamus, the fucking worst shit in the world. Yeah, not and good. yet here he is, like you know, you know he's got a bad back at this point. His career <laughs> might not last a whole lot longer, but he is more over and being used better than he ever has been before. That's definitely true. So why not? Why can't there be something like that for Dolph Ziggler? I don't want to redo the Dolph round. All right, I'm just saying. <laughs> and then around number two, uh, Justin, our our uh, statement when we started the show was we're not just going to review Raw and SmackDown, but I feel like this week's Raw is worth talking about for how different it was. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna walk our way through that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah. It was. It, I won't even say anything. Then. Yeah. We'll save it for the round. I can't wait. Talk about raw. And then in round number three, Justin, the elimination chambers this Sunday. The uh, chambered uh, elimination. Ah, as the French say. That is what the French say. Uh, <laughs> I know lots of French people. Le chambre <laughs> de elimination. Oh man, they are. Terrible at naming pay-per-views <laughs> in France. It sounds, although it did sound romantic. Like it sounds. Yeah. If that were, uh, I'd like to retire there after a nice glass of brandy. <laughs> if you know what well, I'm saying. I do know what you're saying. Take but. a woman back to the chambre of Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> All three of those rounds plus around a Sunday night tweet. And uh, Justin, anything else we need to get to here off the top? Ah, uh, yeah. You know what? I want to mention, um, and I don't really need to mention this, but uh, you know, we've talked before on the program about how. Uh, I am doing a, a special thing every Monday. Tell them. Uh, we're hosting Raw live with Sound On. If you're in Vancouver, come on down to the Penny at Commercial and Gravely. And I made a point when I first mentioned this, yeah. like four weeks ago, that, like, look, the bar let me do this, but they also said, we're not really a sports bar anymore, so we don't want to promote this in any way. You can do it, and you promote it on your own streams. You do your own thing. You're off to do it. We're not going to endorse it in any way. We'll see don't, how it goes. Don't tie us into this at all. <laughs> We're <laughs> almost embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like, okay, well, this is my project, and I I think I can build it up into something, but it might take a while. It right. might be a slow process. If you build it, they will come eventually. The word needs time to get out there. Three weeks into this thing, I tell you what, it has been such a huge hit that they're all in. They're okay. on board. So the, hang on. The how bar much? is like... They love it. They can't wait to promote it now. They're making imaging. They're putting me on a poster. They're going to be advertising our raw screenings on a poster on the wall in the bar each and every week. I could not be like more excited. And also, like this is a proud moment for me. Congratulations, man. I, that is awesome. I built my thing, and it only took three fucking weeks. Now, hang on. First of all, congratulations. That yes. is a huge success. I, I do need to say, how much of this can we uh, credit... To me, though, uh, the 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 time on this show's dedicated. Yeah, you did. You uh, allowed me to promote it here every week. I'm like, boy, that sounds great. Yeah, you're talking up the chicken wings and the beer. So I I got to think that uh, you know uh, it's maybe a fifty fifty joint effort between us at this. You point. know what? I might go so far as like seventy five twenty five. But I'll give you that 25. Oh, I thought you meant I was the 75. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know, no, my mistake. You are the 75. So, Justin, I'm going to put the cherry on top of it this week. This Monday, if you go to Commercial and Gravely, the penny at 5 p.m. for Raw. I will also be sitting there watching. Oh, look at that. And uh, we can come and uh, share a beer with me, eat some chicken wings, and let's watch Monday Night Raw and help get this thing off the ground yeah, even the, more. The craziest thing is, like, it hasn't really been people coming in 
like specifically for Raw yet. A few people have. Mm-hmm. A few people who I know, who I've promoted it to, have come in. But for the most part, it's just you know everyday people walking in off the street after a long shift on a Monday looking for a place to drink, and then they sit down, and they get absorbed by the television, and they stay for like an hour or two hours and just watch Raw and order way more beers than they otherwise would have to the point where Monday day, which is the worst like frame of sales the worst sales period of the week yeah. ordinarily in no, any bar yeah. is currently outselling Monday night. Wow. So we're doing pretty well with this thing. Well, I am proud of you and of the good people for uh, you know looking at the television and realizing imagine being so unjaded to raw that you could just like yeah. tune in and be like this is great that you have you know you haven't been so worn down by the product that seeing it maybe for the first time in years is like a refreshing fun thing for you to do. It's 100%. Cool. It's cool to watch the people reacting to it also because you know I'm getting I feel like I'm getting real genuine reactions to how the common people would react to Asuka or Bailey yeah. or any number of these characters. Like the casual the fan. First time. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. That is cool. Uh, Justin, also here off the top while we're getting the plugs out of the way, if you are hearing my voice right now, which you are, let's be honest, if you are hearing it, you are. I, I'm hearing it. You can hear it. The listeners are obviously hearing it unless they fast forwarded to get to the I'm round. I'm just going to mute your mic right now. I can't say I blame you. <laughs> uh, if you're hearing my voice, please go uh, share this episode of the show. I promise it's only going to go get better from here. Go tell somebody. Uh, we're seeing the numbers grow and grow and grow. And that yeah, means- we're on a roll lately, and I feel like we should keep that going. Yeah. Pay it forward, as it were. That's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah, be like. Uh, I can't fuck. I was going to mention Kevin Spacey, and he's like Enzo Amore. I can't fucking talk about any of these guys anymore. It's weird. All of your favorite male role models. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be like Helen Hunt, I guess. She's in that movie, too. <laughs> or Haley Joel Osment. What? I could have picked so many other cast members that are not Kevin Spacey. <sighs> I was just thinking about how he's like deformed and has like a fucked up face in that movie. Yeah, that's how he pays it forward. Yeah. Now he's fucked up in real life. I don't think I've ever what seen the movie. Goof. What a goof indeed. <laughs> fuck you, Kevin Spacey. And fuck you, Enzo Amore. And with that, let's move on to, to round, round number one. Round one. Fight. <laughs> Justin, don't go looking for payback on this battleground. There will be no mercy shown because now there is no great balls of fire. <laughs> what? Do you know what I just did? You listed off all of the pay-per-views that uh, have been discontinued Correct. as a result of this new policy. Now, without Great Balls of Fire, that sentence would have been a lot smoother. Just yeah, for the probably. Record. probably. Uh, but in case you didn't catch... You could have started off by saying, goodness gracious, Great Balls of Fire... As like a Mamma Mia style exclamation before you started the rest of the sentence. Yeah, Justin, I think we should leave the start of the round intros to the professional. <laughs> so, uh, well, that's a good, cute idea, I think. Uh, Justin, in case you didn't catch it there in the opening, both all Battleground, No Mercy, Payback, and Great Balls of Fire, all called off by WWE this week in a motion to get rid of all brand-specific pay-per-views. Yes, and they were uh, advertising it as... More of what you love more often. Yeah. Because, of course, as Daniel Bryan has famously pointed out, and, you know, we all like to joke about, it's more is more. That is (laughs) not less is more. More is is more. Well, and this in some ways, before I talk about some of the excess things that I don't like, it is in some weird way a step in the right direction for WWE for me, where I do complain about so many pay-per-views leads to some very thin ones, not times for the stories to build. And I feel like this helps address that, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I I do feel like... 
I felt like my fandom was burning out a little bit mm-hmm. over the last couple months here, and partly it's that both shows, SmackDown more so in, in particular, seems like it's kind of stuck at the moment. But also, like, it's just such a huge commitment when your life gets busy, like mine has been a little bit lately, yeah. to dedicate however many hours, four hours, like every two weeks, it seems like sometimes with these the nature of these brand split pay-per-views. And I, I recognize that they felt like it was a strategy to have more network content to drive more network subscribers. Right. But clearly, it's not translating to actual business that way. So, you know, maybe it is time to do away with it. I think in some ways it really was. Like, some of those SmackDown, especially pay-per-views last year, really felt like they were just episodes of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there was no build to them, not a lot of sizzle. Like, Backlash or... Backlash being, I think, the best example of it. Any so, number of them, really. Yeah, I think I think of the ones that were specific. Great Balls of Fire over-delivered in a pretty big way last year. And No Mercy, while it didn't play out all that well... It still had, like, the feel of a major pay-per-view, even if none of the matches really delivered. And that's kind of where I want to start here. I feel like what they did with No Mercy last year is maybe what they're trying to do a bit more with pay-per-view in general now, where your pay-per-view main card maybe means something. That it's, you know, you're going to have... The, the feuds that most deserve it, and it's going to be a more compact version of more interesting things. Zack Ryder versus Mojo Rawley isn't going to be on the pay-per-view portion. Yeah, it might not even be on the pre-show. It might be on the SmackDown that follows, that's which right. is fine. You know, that's fine. Raw still was doing that even in this era. They would have so many programs going over the course of a three-hour show every week that not every program, you know, Elias versus Finn Balor did Oof. not get to be on whatever the pay-per-view that was that month. That was a major a feature match on Raw the next night. NXT does that every single time there's a takeover. Yeah. The, you know, the week after, it's a pre-recorded show that was filmed during the takeover taping. It's, yeah. But the, it's all the, like, the builds, like, the the programs that did not get to be on the takeover. And if we do go back to that for some things in the undercard... I don't necessarily see that that's a bad thing. Yeah, okay, so so far, I like all of this. Mm-hmm. So far, I, I think that this is good. But we're, we're getting now into the territory where ultimately, I just don't like this decision. And I'll, I'll explain why. Okay. Uh, as it stands, the, the four-hour shows already feel just grossly long to me. And I know the five-hour ones are only an hour more, but I just feel like that's an hour I'm not... My attention is already... So drawn out over these pay-per-views that I'm, I have a hard time even recognizing greatness on them sometimes because it just becomes a bit of a a bit of a haze where everything blurs together. Yeah, I even feel though that like calling them four-hour shows and five-hour shows is still a bit misleading because we're counting the pre-show as sure. one of those hours and. You know, look, we talked about a couple weeks ago how neither of us even could remember that Gallows and Anderson won the tag belts ever or went into WrestleMania as champion because they won it on the Rumble pre-show. And for a four-hour pay-per-view... I'm not watching the pre-show. How I'm often sorry. do you watch the pre-shows? Um, depends on what the matches are, and depends like how much time I have that I'm looking to kill. Basically, yeah. For for me, it's basically if I'm home when they're on, yeah. then I throw them on. But I'd say maybe watch three of them a year. It's not many for me at all. The, yeah, the pre-shows. I mean, I've watched some SmackDown pre-shows over the last little while. I obviously watched the. Uh, the Mojo versus Zack match. Oh, yeah, you loved it. I watched. And then before <laughs> that, the previous SmackDown pay-per-view, the the P-Show the match is what I was going to say. Yeah. The pre-show match uh, was the Hype Bros versus Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. And I, right. I watched that one also. Really, the only match on a pre-show that I watched in the past year that I actually really enjoyed 
was Apollo Crews versus Kalisto, and I think that was Extreme Rules. And the the New Day uh, Uso yes. match. Yes, well, that, uh, I, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a separate thing because... For sure. The, the major pay-per-views, the pre-shows are worth watching. Uh, yeah, almost certainly. And now, this is my complaint with it, is I think that we're going to get to a point now where the pre-shows are going to be a little bit more must-watch than they are. Yeah, like Neville versus Austin Aries was a great match. That was a pre-show match. You was for it? sure should have watched it, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, see, that's interesting. So if I am being drawn even more to the second half of the pre-shows, I'm still at least in for the four hours now. Mm-hmm. That feels problematic to me. And then second of all, the, the same problem that I think most people share is you, you worry about if some of the undercard talent is going to get a chance to shine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, because even in the current system, like, where is Ty Dillinger? Where is Ty Dillinger? Rusev wasn't on SmackDown Rusev last Rusev hasn't been on SmackDown in three weeks. Is that true? Yes. What the fuck? Yeah. That, I can't even wrap my head around what the reason there would be. Is well, there's just uh, not enough time to go around because we need to keep doing this Jinder Mahal, uh, Bobby Roode, Randy Orton thing. I'm sorry. Which, look, I actually have been kind of enjoying Oh, that. stop it. There's no, I, I think you must just be trying to get no. my go. No, I, I love, I love oh. Jinder's, like... Big focus on the top ten list. What is that? When they showed Bobby Roode's top ten list yesterday, I His had ballot. I had no idea what they were even trying to get across. Oh, you haven't you haven't been following the SmackDown ten thing? No, I, I I'm following it. I just yeah. don't know why a person would get mad about this. Of course, the guy who hates you isn't going to rank you in his top ten. I get it was he's trying to sow seeds of dissent between Orton and Roode for some reason. Yeah, worked like a charm after he ate an RKO last <laughs> night. <laughs> like it just no, and listen, I think Ginger's overperforming in those segments. Yeah. I feel like Randy doesn't give a fuck about them. And Bobby Roode just, is he nervous or something? I, I don't know. I actually kind of liked how just kind of str- like off the cuff he was just being like, no, I didn't say that. I didn't do that. I never I never did any part of that. What are you talking about? Okay, maybe we're just at odds on this one. Because when he was doing that, I did not know where they were trying to go. It, like, felt, it felt like a human reaction to me in much the same way that Kevin Owens was just kind of like could not come around to the fact that like uh, AJ was calling Sami Zayn a, like a boil that he had sliced off right. his back or whatever. You know, like it's uh, the insults are so stupid that like how do you even react to right. that? That's fair. Tell me if I'm just an insane leftist or not, but did that when he was just saying I didn't say that come across as like trying to get fake news out on the show yesterday? I don't, I don't think so. Okay, I'm just insane then. Yeah. It was, I was like, is this what they're hitting home at here? I kept thinking that. But, but I think but. that you're stuck in your mind in that like Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler moment so that if there's ever right. any sort of moment of awkwardness within a Bobby Roode promo, yes. it's like it can't be intentional awkwardness. He's clearly fucking something up here. Confirmation bias is super real. Like, yeah. I'm so attuned now to like I'm watching it's like how Sarah Logan right like I'm mm. watching her on TV in a different way that I'm watching if if Dean Ambrose good ring over worker work, though probably dude last night I had the feeling that she's easily the best worker in Riot Squad right yeah. like I mean, and maybe the best worker of either of those the two. new six yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of got that sense last night uh, but to get back to the pay per views yeah here, sorry yeah I mean the. <laughs> I think you were kind of nervous a little bit that, like, top-of-the-card programs also might not have as much time as they otherwise would. Well, the perceived top-of-the-card. So I feel like the Randy Ortons and Roman Reigns's are going to get time, and I feel but like... But the guys that we think are the top-of-the-card, your Kevin Owens, your Sammy AJ, Sands, your AJ Styles. Correct, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't, but they're putting an extra hour in, though, right? And that should be plenty of time on shows where mostly I would imagine like the, the part-time bloat that is the reason why the big four were four-hour shows in the first place sure. are not really going to be there. You're not going to see Brock on one of those monthly shows. You're not going to see Ronda, more than likely, I yeah. assume. You I know? think that's a safe assumption. So if you have that extra hour, like there should still be room for most things. But by hour three, am I still watching the show in a way where I'm able to get, like, super jet? It's like mania. Probably like- not. Yeah, because even by some... Like, the reason why I love going to the bar for the big four is that, like, by the time it comes around to the important stuff, if, like, <laughs> when, I'm, when, I, when my brain would naturally, like, be tuning out... I'm just drunk and I'm having a great time. You know? like, that is the value. That's to why it. I go out to watch those ones instead of just stay home and watch them every month. I don't know if I should say this on the show or not, but uh, Desharm asked me to co-host those with him now. Oh, really? Yeah, they're at uh, 12 Kings. Oh, so we'd be going head-to-head. Well, no, I'd have Raw covered. And That's you'd right. Be doing pay-per-views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah, I might do it. I don't know. Yeah, all right. So, But yeah, and that's the thing where it's like I I shouldn't need to like hope that I'm inebriated enough to be able to keep my energy levels up. Because, yeah, man, like Survivor Series, SummerSlam, it's all – it comes to be a drag even when I do enjoy the shows overall. Well, and especially like – let me ask you a question. Do you think WWE corporate is aware that the takeovers are their most beloved part of their content? Uh – I mean, they must see the viewership metrics. Like, they have to, So right? I imagine, yes, probably. Because, I mean, okay, so I think we both agree that takeovers, the last two at least, have been lights out, right? Yeah. Okay, so if you put those two shows together. Yeah, that's still shorter. That's shorter, and I think you have a giant net loss there. Like, if Gargano almost goes on at hour four, mm-hmm. am I still able, 45 minutes into that match, to be screaming in this very living room here in Studio Beardhouse 5? I don't think I am. Yeah, and the weird part is, is like, it seems so philosophically opposed to what I know Vince thinks himself. In what way? Which is like, his whole thing with bringing back the XFL, they were talking about like, mm. we're going to eliminate halftime. Right. No need for teams to go into the rooms and formulate a strategy for the second half. It's just a bunch of waste of time. Who's got three hours to watch a football game? <laughs> it should be two hours tops, no longer. That's what it is. Like, he said that about football. And then you hear that, and you can't help but think, well, okay, obviously the third hour of Raw then only exists for commercial reasons because, A, USA wants it and pays for it, and, B, they can sell extra ad space during those those hours week to week as well. But, like, you're not selling ad space on the network. You don't need that. Look, what I I did like about some of those SmackDown-exclusive network shows – where that SmackDown is the shorter show. Mm-hmm. So some of those shows did not even go three hours. A TLC with Dean Dean Ambrose versus AJ Styles. It was like 220. Yeah, it was super, and, and the main event delivered. I And I just, that works so much better for me. Yeah, I don't need, it's not a fucking pay-per-view anymore. You're, you exactly. don't need to like hit a time and that's when the pay-per-view is over. Like you can just end whenever you want. That's the good thing. About the network. Do you remember when were, – were you watching at the time when they did all the all-day mania? Uh, no. Okay. I remember being a kid and being like, wow, this is amazing. You buy WrestleMania, you get entertainment for the whole day. And I didn't get it that year because I wasn't – I didn't have disposable income. But now I realize I don't want that. Maybe for WrestleMania, but not yeah. for anything I mean, else. Like the last WrestleMania, I hosted a party in my apartment – 
And I had the pre-show on before anybody even came over, and it was just on in the background while I was cooking. Right. And for that, it, it totally worked. Yeah. But, like, how often do I have those kinds of viewership parties? Like, once a year. Right. I don't want a pre-show that's on in the background. Like, you know, I don't... I don't want to feel like I need to be watching this stuff and the, when yeah, there's exactly. nothing there to be watched. That's you know? the thing. If it, dem- I don't want the fucking social media lounge. I, well, and the, sometimes funny yeah. stuff comes out of that, but like what one minute never. out of two hours of content. Exactly. The, the problem for me is, like you said, this isn't a pay per view. You own this network. Just make things go as long as they need to. That is something that you completely have the power to do, and is going to make for a better show. If a show really does need to be three and a half hours. Go for it. Mm-hmm. But of straight matches, like, there aren't feuds continuing. There aren't segments. Like, I just don't think it's needed. Well, I remember it was a big deal, like, two years ago when they decided to make SummerSlam a four-hour show. Huge deal, yeah. It was like, it's no longer just for WrestleMania. This is a SummerSlam so large. It's wrestlemania size. And they tried to do all that branding that it was the Summer's Mania. And now they do that for all of the big four every year. And it's like... Enough. Yeah, it's just enough. And especially on those weekends where it's like TakeOver, then the pay-per-view, then Raw, then SmackDown, then NXT on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. As someone who watches all the content, it's like, I'm, I'm just done. Well, we really pitched this like, I don't know, 35 weeks ago or something. Like one of yeah. our early episodes, <laughs> we talked about going to a big six instead of a big four. And then the other six rotate back and forth between being Raw and SmackDown exclusive, which means there would only be three brand exclusive pay-per-views for each brand per year. And it seems better. It just seems like a better system. I agree with us. <laughs> from from half a year ago. We used to be so smart. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? My new idea is duh. <laughs> That's my big idea for the coming year. Remember when I called it the P show earlier? <laughs> duh. It really is, unfortunately. Justin, there is no game in this segment this no, week. No, we do not have keep it or kick it. Uh, but... This, you know, it's a, it's you're just creatively burned out on coming up with 25 things. I just this week I've written over 200 topics for Keep It or Kick It, and I figured this week we have some Patreon donors to thank. This could be a good spot. Oh to yeah, do let's it do in. it. Yeah, we forgot to thank them last week because we were so crunched for time. And you know what? Our donors are so kind. Not a single person even stopped to complain about that. Yeah, that was really nice of you. Yeah. Uh, and now, as a reward, instead of a fun game, you get a segment <laughs> where we read out people's <laughs> names. This is our thank you to you. Thank yeah, talk- you. Thank you to Craig Tamble oh. for your your. Uh, what 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 could you say about Craig Tamble? He's a good sweet boy, and you know what. He sent in a really heartfelt message a couple weeks ago, oh. which I feel like I mentioned on the show. Did he had you? a really bad run there where his father and his dog passed away yeah. in the same week. And he told us that listening to this show was like a really nice way for him to just kind of forget about that for an hour and a half and have some fun with the hashtag good friends. And like that really touched me. It was very nice. Uh, for what it's worth, Craig, Justin and I both were talking in our private chat about like how much this meant to both of us. And uh, so, yeah, all of our love to you. And, uh, you know, thank you very much for the pledge. Absolutely. It, you know, it's it, we talked about it last week. We are so surprised 
that anyone would want to support this show. I wouldn't pay with, for this. With, with money uh, from month to month. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. How about uh, also a large thank you to a perennial good brother, Duncan Idenow. Oh, what a what a man. Uh, who, who knows? You know, I, I don't know. I know him. I know him. He's part of... Uh, I heard you don't know. He's part of the Nice Boys Club, I think is what their name is. I oh, don't know. okay. It's a bunch of dudes in Toronto who are, are like, in a... <laughs> they call their friend group like the bullet club except they're all nice boys what makes them so nice um you know just the fact that they're too sweet <laughs> wow that yeah. is extremely nice <laughs> uh, he's, uh a, he's a good guy though i love duncan oh i always love engaging uh, with him on twitter we uh we sometimes talk and uh you know it's uh you know i do know <laughs> it's always good so thank you very much duncan uh eric gilau uh i uh somebody i don't recognize from the twitter sphere but uh gosh uh, seeing somebody's name who i don't recognize pop up is almost even more heartwarming yeah though i don't mean i don't know if you said his name right it might be gilo oh well i apologize if i messed up your name i have no idea how to say his name but eric eric Eric, uh i assume you got that head bobble swagger like like D'Lo Brown. He's like G'Lo oh. Brown. Oh. <laughs> I can smell He's him. Already, he just stopped he just pledging. just unbuckled his chest protector so oh, he can stop. stop pledging. Oh, hang on. I just got a notification on my phone. He has, <laughs> he has taken his pledge away instantly. <laughs> Eric, thank you so, so much. It's, uh, it means the world. And our final pledge here comes from Blair, who I can only assume is what the Borgman Superfan. Blair Pacheco. Yeah, but what true. if it isn't? Yeah, we might have more than one Blair. Yeah, if it isn't Blair Pacheco. Then our apologies. I don't want to rob just just Blair here. Yeah. Uh, so if it isn't Blair Pacheco, um, I appreciate that you do like the Sharon Madonna thing where it's like just Blair. That's kind of cool. It's exactly. like a sexy move. Now, of course, all of the donors this month uh, get to walk away with a special treat. It's a donor episode that will be coming out <laughs> next month, yeah. or next week, rather. That's right, next week. Next week, still this month, uh, where we finally talk about the vintage pay-per-view that we watched, WrestleMania Five. Now, Doug Lorman went, <laughs> was, went so far as to watch the show himself oh boy. in anticipation of our episode. And uh, Josh, do you recommend that anyone else do that? Well, well, Doug described it as torture, yeah. uh, which <laughs> feels accurate. Yeah. I mean, for... for you recommend that anyone ever, under any circumstances, watch WrestleMania 5? I'll say this. If you've just had brunch with your hashtag good friend and you're pretty high, the first half of it is pretty funny. Yeah. So, like, there's moments. And, like, some of the promo segments are, are decent. Anytime um, um, Gene Okerlund's talking... It's or, um, or people are talking to him. Yeah, it's it felt it, like yeah. All the backstage promos are pretty good. Not all of them. Yeah, Hogan's is maybe the craziest promo of all time. Well, what's his name? A Sir Sir London. There was uh, like Lord Alfred. Lord Alfred, uh, like a British Michael Cole, basically. Everything with him sucks. It's awful. So uh, no, I okay, don't save it for the show. Yeah, I don't recommend that you watch this show unless you want to be able to like understand when you listen with us. Yeah. Exactly what we're talking about. But I feel like we're going to do a good job of contextualizing, and the jokes should be good no matter what. Yeah, save your three hours. <laughs> yeah, just don't do not do it. Don't crap, what were you thinking? <laughs> but do support the show at yes. patreon.com slash topmarks. We always love it when you do. And with that, let's get on into round number two. Round two. Fight. Oh, 
Justin, do you remember that time that we sat down to record the podcast and people were expecting us to say a bunch of words, but instead we just fought for two hours? Mm, do I? Well, in fact, that didn't happen, Justin, but it did happen on Monday Night Raw this week. <laughs> yes, it did. Now, before we get too far here, oh, okay. I do want to say it is Eric Gilo, like oh. Kilo, like D-Lo, like I said. And he is E Prime, our buddy E Prime. Oh, that's E Prime. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that that was his real name. Yeah, well, there I, you go. I thought his name was E Prime. I thought I assumed it was his birth <laughs> name. Uh, e Prime, a, a, a semi-new listener to the show, yeah. a, a great Twitter follow. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Really appreciate. Anyways, it. yeah, Raw was kind of different this week. I would say quite different. Yes, very much so. So for those of you who may not have seen, uh, Raw opened this week with uh, a promo for this seven-man gauntlet match involving every single uh, combatant in the men's elimination chamber this Sunday. And kind of was like the perfect way to promote this show. Yeah, I, I didn't think it would be, but the way it panned out, I think it unquestionably was, right? Yeah, beca- I mean, it's still going to be a different match, just given the nature of the chamber. Yeah. And, you know, with a gauntlet match, you can only ever have two competitors, or competitors at once, and uh, combatants and competitors. Yeah, you set them at the same time. what I was thinking. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and we'll have multiple guys, obviously, during the chamber match. Um, but it was a lot of fun, man. I thought this was great, especially, like, look, there's somebody who we have spent a good deal of time arguing about over the yeah. years, uh, or year, I should say, <laughs> and that is not just Dolph Ziggler. You and I also disagree quite a lot about um, Mr. Monday Night, Seth Rollins himself. Now, and, uh, I sometimes feel like I get painted in the wrong corner for Seth Rollins here, okay? Okay. I think Seth Rollins is not as good as people make him out to be, but if you ever, and you have to attest to this, have I ever questioned his in-ring? No. Like, never, right? So when you just, if you have to get Seth Rollins over, what they did on Monday was perfection. Mm-hmm. Hey, this guy is a great in-ring wrestler. Let's let him wrestle for a fucking hour. Yeah, 65 minutes. It was 65 minutes. It was, he set the record for the longest time anyone has spent in a match and, ever. And not only was he in this for an hour and five minutes, he was killing it. He was wrestling. Yeah. So like the first half so so Reigns and Rollins start the match. Yeah. And these guys always have chemistry. I think that's safe to say at this mm-hmm. point. Right? I didn't think it was like nearly on the level of say like their money in the bank match. No, no, no. And and you could understand the reasoning why. Like yeah, they of don't want to burn Seth out there. But I thought that this opened up with probably the most interesting combination mm-hmm. uh, to open up Raw and, uh, and and exactly like you always say there's like a rock paper scissors dynamic of the shield. Uh, Dean beats Seth. Roman beats Dean. Seth beats Roman. And it's so fun and to see always that. how pl- it plays out. I love that, seeing it play out each time. It's so fun. Uh, I thought this opening match, like you say, not didn't like the world on fire, but totally good match to open up Raw. Yeah, I didn't really necessarily like the finish, like the reverse roll-up on a roll-up. Yeah. It was kind of a weird way to end it for me, but... Um, you know, I saw a lot of people, look, I lit up a guy on Twitter this week just by screen grabbing his bullshit tweet and posting it oh, on yeah. our account. You did a good was job. was like, what is the point? But even like my buddy Spencer was watching it last night with no spoilers, didn't know anything about oh, it cool. going in, was going in, you know, a couple days later. And he was sort of texting me at first also being like, well, I don't understand. Like, what is the point of this? Because there was nothing on the line as far as like stakes in the match. We've seen yeah. a lot of matches between all of the Elimination Chamber guys over the last little while, and it's always like some sort of number in terms of point of entry on the in the match is on the line. And this Something. Was, this yeah. was nothing. Yeah. Um, but the point was just to have 
bomb-ass wrestling on a wrestling show. Yeah, I, I think saying that there were no stakes is a like, completely fair critique of that match, I, and I understand that. Now, narratively, there were no stakes, but like in the meta-textual oh, yeah. way that you and I kind of watch wrestling, and I think a lot of like smart, older fans watch wrestling, there were a ton of stakes. That's what I was about to say, Especially yes. in that first hour, because... You have, if you're the WWE, painted yourself into a corner almost of creating a match where uh, six out of seven guys need to eat a pinfall. Yeah. Need to. Yep. Uh, It's going to happen. And two of those seven guys are two of your most protected stars in history. In Roman and Braun. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I was going to say Roman and Cena. Oh, but Braun, but Braun also. Braun's the most so th- protected guy on the roster. So three right of now. seven, yes. Yeah. Three of seven are like some of your most protected guys, not just right now, literally ever. Yeah, Miz can't get pinned by all of you six <laughs> times. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, you know, and especially like the ballsiness to start with those two guys as two of the first three with Roman and Cena. And like. You know, Seth obviously was in need of rehabilitation a little yep. bit. He he was getting back on track with this Jason Jordan thing. Mm-hmm. We've talked many times over the last couple months about how it's kind of the most natural fit for him as a babyface in this babyface run so far. Easily. To just put him next to someone who everyone finds super annoying. Who knew that putting you beside someone inf- infinite, infinitely oh my lord, infinitely annoying would make you seem more likable. We both have like marble mouth this week. No kidding. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, like we're both extremely drunk. He which... was he was getting back to a place where I felt good about his trajectory again. Definitely. And then that got all sidelined by injuries and you know, like like you said, what is his strength? It's how good he is in the ring. Mm-hmm. So let him go out there and wrestle for 65 minutes straight. That's again, And get back-to-back televised free TV pinfall clean victories over Roman Reigns and John Cena in a row. Well, he felt like such a star. Like, he called himself Mr. Monday Night again the week prior and seven days later it was true. Well, and this is the and commentary really putting that over to the Mr. Monday Night thing. Uh, Night Rollins, baby. This is why I didn't hate the the roll up finish in the Reigns match because when he finally, a uh, fifty minutes into Raw, hits the curb stomp on John Cena, mm-hmm. it felt awesome. Like, and they, how else are you going to pin Roman without a That's finisher? True. That's true. So it's like, and they need to. If you're going to keep him in the match for an hour and five minutes. He can't give away all of his big moves early, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought Rollins did an amazing job of pacing throughout all of this. The first half of Cena entering the ring was a little slow. Uh, but, but I, again, you understand why they have to do these. Exactly. I kind of liked the the way that they were playing it slow, though. Sure. Because he it was like playing on the fact that Seth was already gassed. Like he's punching at air yep. and being downed by one strike. There was something almost like cartoonishly, like, boxing about it in a way that I really enjoyed. It's also good in-ring psychology and storytelling. Exactly. Um, And, yeah, like, I I just, I don't know, man. I thought it was so good. I'm going to become so re-hated to our listeners here, but... Cena and Rollins have such good chemistry. Undeniable. And, like, to me, that was better than most pay-per-view matches, what they did. That that is, like, a clear contender. Whether or not it's the, the victor at the end of the year, we'll see. 
But uh, that's got to be a clear contender for TV match of the year. Just that segment, Rollins versus Cena. It's tough for me to say, like, taking it out of the – because part of what made it so good is that he had just wrestled Reigns, too, yeah. for me. But but I don't think that's, like, a crazy thing to say. Before we move on from Rollins, because I feel like you want to do that, I just have one more thing to oh, say. Oh, no, I was going to talk about Rollins. Oh, which is how cool it was, too, because, like, like Finn Balor's big thing in the Rumble this year was that he was, like, the Iron Man of the match. Yeah. In it, you know, one – and in it until the final Very, yeah, five, final four, final four, final four yeah. Um, but he spent a huge amount of that match like in the corner, yeah. just chilling, or maybe even outside the ring yeah. doing nothing. You know, like that's kind of the Iron Man for the Rumble every time. The same as Flair, yeah. It's just like you're not in the match all that much. And Seth just was wrestling for 65 minutes straight. Dude, 45 minutes into that match, he rolled through John Cena, deadlift fireman carried him, and then put so much stink on the AA. It kind of had like a, a Death Valley driver thing into it. Like he turned into the AA. I thought that was awesome. It was fought. incredible. How did he do that that late into the match? I mean, and again, I'm a Seth Rollins critic, and I was just blown away. I do have to be a bit of a critic of his here, and I know how you know nitpicky this is. But just we need to remove him having to sell his knee from these repeated storylines because he's bad at it. He forgets to do it, and then he remembers at weird points. And like, all of his spots involve like pressure on the knee, basically. When he sold the knee, he literally hobbled from one side of the ring to the other. John Cena's on the outside. Yeah. He's like, oh, my knee, my knee. Then he hits a springboard move to the outside and gets up and goes to feeds to the crowd. The coachman was like, well, you have to wonder if this is doing more damage to him than it is to Cena. I felt like commentary tried to save him there where yeah. they were like, uh, his knee seems to be hurt, but maybe this is damaging it. Well, it just doesn't even make sense, and this has happened a bunch of times in a lot of his matches as this becomes a signature spot for him and a common theme in the way the psychology of his matches work is like, oh my god, his knee is destroyed, but he's going to do a superplex into a falcon arrow. Right! Like, that's a problem. <laughs> or that now his signature move is a, the, the ripcord is a knee. Like, these are yeah. problematic. And also, just like... We know, you know, we it's been done enough, and the injury isn't even that fresh anymore. No, that the psychology of every Rollins match needs to be his opponent targeting his knee. So, yeah, like you don't have to do that. I thought he came across great here, but it did drive me mental that it's still this one thing. That's uh, fair. so then he eliminates John Cena, Elias enters mm -hmm. the match. I thought it still maintained a little bit of momentum. Pardon me, Elias here. in the ring, both for. Seth and then uh, Balor afterwards to me is the low point. Of I thought match. it hit basically a grinding halt by the time the the second half of him and Balor was a little better, but I mm -hmm. thought Elias and Balor when they were first finding their footing, which is weird because I actually think those guys have some chemistry. They've wrestled on Raw twice, and I enjoyed those both. Yeah, but I thought they were off here. I thought this really hit a grinding halt at Elias and Balor, and that's the one thing that's going to hold Elias back from like superstardom is that like his ring work is not where it needs to be for yeah. someone who is, like, so good and so over as a character in a way that I don't think any of us could have expected. Yeah, I'm at the house show on Friday here in Vancouver for a Raw, and I'm really hoping to grab his shirt. Like, I, I like Elias, but it really st stood out this week, I thought, especially being followed by Miz, who, who came in after. Well, it's funny, too, because, like, we so often compare Elias to, like, Aiden English as far as gimmick goes. Yeah, that's right. But, like, you can't think of, like, on SmackDown, you know, 
this, you know, say they turn the fast lane pay per view into a, a fatal seven way. Oh, like, great. Add two more bodies into that mix. Oh, no. One of them could not be Aiden English. No, of course you know? not, right? Like, his gimmick is over, but we still recognize his limitations. That's. And let me ask you a question here a little bit off track. Who do you think is the best wrestler of this people in ring? Okay, you okay. ready? Elias, Jinder Mahal, Mojo Raleigh, Aiden English. Who, the best in the ring? Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. I think those are probably your bottom four. I agree. I agree. I might pick Jinder out of that match, I think I though. might, too. It's Elias or Jinder for yeah. me in my and mind. I, I think Jinder's had more matches that I've enjoyed than Elias at this point. I think Elias, the only matches I've, like, I could say that I liked of his are the, the Dean and Cassius Ono ones. Besides that. Well, the the Finn Balor street fight one especially yeah. was really good. Yeah. it's uh, But he, he needs to come along there. I really feel that way. Yeah. And so... Finn eliminates Elias, Miz eliminates Finn, yeah. Braun eliminates Miz. Yeah, and I, I thought Miz and Finn was good, too, yeah. uh, to be clear. And um, Braun in the finish was super enjoyable. When Braun pins Miz and goes up onto the ramp and goes, to, I think it's to JoJo, who knows, and it's like, I don't fear the unknown. The unknown unfe- fears me, and I'm coming. You hear that? Beastie boy. Yeah. I almost ju- I was in a hotel in awesome. I nearly jumped out of my couch. I was on the road for work. I was like, this is so I love Brock. Yeah, Colin Brock Beastie Boy. And then Corey Graves with the great call was like, No sleep till New Orleans <laughs> for Braun Strowman. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. And then him just being like, No, if you'll excuse me, I got some unfinished business. <laughs> and going back to the ring to destroy Bo Dallas uh, and Curtis Axel. Like a perfect segment, and and that filled two hours. Like it flew b- by. Back in the day, that's raw, start to finish. And did it just fly by for yeah. you? Yeah. Like even though I thought, again, I thought Balor and uh, Elias was a bit of a slow spot. Uh, the balls on WWE to do this, you need to applaud them once in a while because this is so not them. They've done it with uh, Sammy and Joe in NXT, but th- that's really never on the main roster, much less on their flagship program. So kudos to them. Yeah, I mean, it's not something that they can do all the time. If they did it no. again next week, you'd get bored of it. It wouldn't work. But like, it, is, it is a risk because, you know, like, like I pointed out on Twitter earlier this week, it does feel like there's a huge contingent of wrestling fans who actually hate actual wrestling. It does feel a bit like that, right? So, so attitude, although if you grew up in the Attitude Era, that makes that, sense. I guess so, yeah. Uh, um, I just want to say that like, this is a, a great Raw, but a bad Raw at the same time. It, like, we'd be remiss to leave the round without touching on the rest of Raw. Yeah, I mean, the build to this pay-per-view has had to take so many turns over the last little while with all the injuries that they've been dealing with that whatever kind of uh, points of interest that they were holding out over the course of getting to it have all been dropped. And so they really had nothing to be like a big go-home angle this week. And we're just like, well, let's just do wrestling. Yeah. And it worked for the first two hours. Not so much in the third. Miz and Bray, or not Miz and Bray, Bray and Matt Hardy have no heat right now, do they? Not really. And then that main event with the women, Mandy Rose is not ready to be wrestling on the main roster. I think that's a pretty clear thing at this point. Yeah, like six botches in a row, and and Mickey James just like clearly furious. Dude, that gut wrench looks like she's going to kill her. She like picked up Mickey James and drops her on her head, not... So uh, I don't know what you do there, but Mandy Rose needs uh, a yeah. little more in-ring training. Sometime on the house shows, I, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, she's very, she's very green, yeah. as it were. Yeah. Uh, what can you do? You know, she's a pretty lady. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I guess that's something. <laughs> Justin, I am talking to you right now. Do you know why I'm talking to you? Because you are a person, and it is time for the people segment. It's time. 
for Sunday Night Tweet. Ah, Justin, I'll explain to them how it works this week. Justin, every week, I, Josh Custodio, scour Twitter.com uh, for members of the active WWE roster, and I try and find tweets just catch my attention in some way. Yes. Uh, I screenshot these tweets, I read them aloud to you, and you have to guess who the tweeter in question is off of basically no information. Yeah, that sounds about right. Are you excited for this week's edition of Sunday Night Tweet? Well, I'm about as excited as I'll ever be. Sure, why not? Well, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> do you not like Sunday Night no, Tweet? No, I love Sunday Night Tweet. Sometimes it's hard. I feel like I do all right with it, though. You Wait, know? do you like dread Sunday Night Tweet? It's, it can be a little mentally taxing sometimes. I don't know. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you are mentally shattered, Justin, let's move into the first tweet this week, which reads as follows. The secret is out. Hashtag 205 Live. The secret is out. Hashtag 205 Live. That's right. So when you first said the secret, I was thinking Ryback, but <laughs> my favorite active member of the he, WWE he roster. No longer uh, a member of the of the roster, of course. I'm also thinking hmm, it's 205 Live. That's right. So it's probably a cruiserweight. Correct. It's probably a cruiserweight who was. Or oh, sorry, a cruiserweight. I'm not saying a cruiserweight tweeted this. In fact, a cruiserweight did not tweet this. It's not a cruiserweight. Correct. Maybe they're talking about the secret being cruiserweight wrestling is good, mm -hmm. and people are excited about it again. Maybe a specific cruiserweight wrestler. Hmm. That is, like, popular. That uh, just debuted. Oh. Okay. So that, that would probably be Buddy Murphy. That is who the tweet, I think, is in reference to. But who tweeted this? Jeez. My goodness. So somebody thinks that uh, Buddy Murphy is sort of a best-kept secret, I think, is what they're uh, okay. hitting at here. And, and, and the secret is no longer uh, a secret because now everybody knows. Exactly. And so this person would probably be a big cheerleader of Buddy Something Murphy. of a supporter of his, I would guess. Yeah, maybe maybe has a history of cheerleading before they <laughs> became a wrestler. <laughs> I don't know. Who really likes <laughs> Buddy Murphy. A lot. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, maybe they live together. I don't know. In bliss, perhaps. I, I don't even know what you're applying. I think it was Alexa Bliss. One for one, Justin. Yes! It is Little Miss Bliss. Hell yeah. The secret is out, and it's Buddy Murphy. I haven't watched 205 Live yet. I haven't seen it yet, and I we recorded last week before I got a chance to see it last week as well. Yeah. I thought last week's episode again was great. Same. Yeah, exact same. It's become for me on Wednesdays, I watch NXT now 205 live it's a two-hour block and i've enjoyed the hell out of it the i guess i only did it last week but i'm gonna do it again this week and hell yeah i'm gonna enjoy it again hell yeah uh with uh almas gargano too tonight holy cow will probably my champa sense is tingling here a little bit it gotta be yeah justin tweet number two we rocco that steals my socks and humps my shoes nay points we rocco that steals my socks and humps my shoes Nay points. And this is uh, a company with a photo of a dog. I assume the dog is Rocco. And I assume the dog also belongs to the Scottish supernova Noam Dar. Justin, you must have heard some words ringing through the ages because it is the returning oh. Scottish supernova. I am red hot to start this week. There's no doubt about it, Justin. Let's keep that momentum rolling here into the third tweet, which is your specialty. It's a quote tweet that the kids love. Oh, they love them. So, Justin, this is one of my favorite types of quote tweets where it's the tweet being quoted is also an active member of the WWE roster. Okay. And in this case, it's one Mojo Rawley. Okay. So, Mojo tweets, my off days seem to be so much busier than my on days. 
anybody else like that? And the tweeter in question quotes this tweet and says, nope. <laughs> no Mojo Raleigh. No one else is like you. <laughs> Just quote tweets it and says, nope. Uh, I mean, there's, I, there's no way for me to guess this. It's too, it's too broad. Do you want, do you want some hints? I would love a hint. This is not someone who performs on the same show as Mojo Rawley. It's a raw superstar. This is, well, it's somebody who isn't oh, on SmackDown. So maybe an NXT person. It is a raw superstar. I'll give you that. Okay. It's a raw superstar. Somebody who was formerly on NXT, NXT alumni, now wrestling on Raw, telling Mojo Rawley, nope. Okay. A former NXT member. That could be a lot of people because most people do come up through it's, developmental. It's at this not point. much of a hint. Though I will say the first person that I thought of when you said former uh, NXT person who's currently on Raw was formerly on SmackDown also. And it is Apollo Crews. Now, is that your guess? That's who I was thinking. Okay. Uh, it's not Apollo. I'll give you this. It's not a- Apollo Crews too smiley. He wouldn't be like, yeah. Nope. I guess that's true. This is someone with a bit of an asshole streak, I Ooh, think. Ooh, all right, all right. A, a real mean guy. I, it, this, I would say somebody, this could be a Kevin Owens tweet, but Kevin Owens not on Raw. Okay. No. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's a heel thing. Apollo, I just was thinking, like, maybe he meant it playfully. Maybe they have a friendship going back. Or, like, Apollo Crews has no days off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that kind exactly. of thing. Yeah, I could get that. Exactly. Uh, a heel... A mean dude, formerly NXT. Uh, ooh, I'm thinking of... Here, I'm going to read Mojo's tweet again, okay? Okay, yeah, yeah. My off days seem to be so much busier than my on days. Anyone else like that? No. Now, <laughs> now, the... The person that just jumped into my mind right now yeah. is Luke Gallows shouting nerds. Now, oh. now, he is not a former NXT superstar, but there is a certain someone who kind of has a similar uh, streak in their character okay. to Luke Gallows. Okay. And also a certain lack of hair like Luke Gallows, oh who is a former NXT superstar. Tell me. It is. Scott Dawson. Dirty Scott Dawson, the <laughs> best wrestler on the WWE roster. And in fact, he is telling Mojo Raleigh, nope. Okay, I feel like that's cheating, though, because I did for sure guess Apollo Crews. But you, oh, did you? You gave me a warning shot, I guess. Okay, well, Justin, this could be a week where you go five for five. Well, you does that three. count as a half? I don't know. I didn't think you were guessing Apollo Crews. I for sure was, but that's okay. Okay. Well, no, no, I'm going to count it as a win. It's, I'm three for three. Three for three. <laughs> and that means Justin could go the perfect five for the second time you know in what, show man? history. Every time I get the first one, I feel like there's this enormous pressure. Because if I don't get the first one, then it's like, oh, the rest of the game's fine. Right. But if I'm riding a streak into the end, then if I get like the fourth one wrong, it's devastating. Justin, I only want to put more pressure on you here. God damn it. Here's the fourth tweet. Okay. <laughs> Yes, we're wearing kente because it's Black Panther season and Black History Month. No, you should not come for us because you think we're being divisive and schismatic. Yes, we're going to take some time to acknowledge our dreads, our Afro puffs, and our chocolatey skin. 
So that word in the beginning there, Justin, I don't know if you know what kente. I didn't know what it means. I, I do know what it means. Fantastic. It's yeah. the kind of pattern that is currently being sported by the New Day, and I actually know who wrote that tweet because I saw that tweet, and it is Big E. Justin, you are four for four! <laughs> 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 Justin, oh my goodness, you nailed it for those. Yeah, it's the it's the pattern. It's uh, based out of from Ghana. I read yeah. the Wikipedia article today, yeah. and yeah, the the new day are all wearing uh, garments made to look with like that. that with that pattern and style. And it's good. It's great gear. I think they look really. It cool looks right awesome. Now. They have to do Black Panther cosplay for Mania this year, for right? Sure. Like that. That has to happen. Yeah. Dude. Uh, I love Biggie, man. I loved Black Panther. It was yeah. super rad. Yeah, we both saw that this week. Yeah, I thought uh, the sister character, Shuri, I think her name was. Yeah. She was the best. Oh, man. I thought everyone in that movie was so... Yeah. I like. I think the, the Killmonger might have been my favorite guy. Uh, you know who I really loved the most, actually? <laughs> who? M'Baku. He was dope. The, the giant vegetarian yeah, man. The leader of the cave tribe. Oh, he was fucking awesome. And that guy had never been in a movie before. That's insane. And Justin steals like every scene. I feel like you're losing your focus. You yeah. are four for five yeah, on an episode to, of Sunday Night sorry, Tweet. Sorry, I'm too hyped about Black Panther. I need to keep the the, the Sunday Night Tweet. This hyped. has you're only right, happened right. once you're before. Right. You're right. You're right. Justin, you're right. our yep. fifth and final tweet this week. And please. it's the fifth spot, so you know it's my favorite one. <laughs> please let it be something that I read myself, like the Big E tweet. I think you can get this. Okay. Spent the last 72 hours with my head buried in the sand, enjoying every minute of every day with my wife and kids. Back to reality today, and unfortunately, it is a grim reality. Let's all try our best to make it less so. Good luck, everyone. I really enjoy the sentiment of that tweet. So, that's why it's in the fifth spot and this it, week. And it comes you know, shortly on the heels of the, the most recent high school shooting uh, in Florida. Yeah, and I believe the time that was spent with his family was also in Florida because I also saw this tweet. No, that it's Kevin Owens. Justin! <laughs> yes, five for five, five for five. I feel like it's cheating though that I know the tweets because I I follow Biggie and I follow Kevin Owens. Yeah, but who knows Twitter if you check the the Twitter timeline? Yeah, that's true. That's true. If we were going to not count anyone that you'd ever seen before, this game wouldn't work. <laughs> that's true. Justin, you got you got five for five. I feel like you're downselling the victory. Yeah. No, yeah. No, it feels good. It doesn't feel as good no, as your last five it, for five. True, because that felt like an impossible run. But you know what? I will say, there's no reason why I should have been able to get that Alexa one. No, absolutely you know? and not. And even the Scott Dawson one was kind of crazy. I I'm, you know, yeah, I no. pulled out an app just for this occasion, okay? Can you okay. just say, I, I'm Justin Morissette, and I went 5 for 5 on Sunday Night Tweet. I'm Justin Morissette, and I went 5 for 5 on Sunday Night Tweet. <laughs> Hell yeah, hip-hop horns. Let's do it. So there you go, Justin. Congratulations uh, on your you. perfect game of Sunday thank Night you. Tweet. Thank you. I don't think you should take the Apollo Crews away from yourself, but I do think that you should come join me in round number three. Round three, fight! <laughs> Justin, uh, don't worry, I'm not going to lock you in a chamber. What a terrible... I couldn't think of a good segue for this round. Yeah, I don't know. What would you say here? I I didn't think about it, because I left that to you. Yeah. See, and last <laughs> round, I shit on you and said you should leave it to the pro... How many of these have I done? We're... we're uh, 37 weeks in. in now. I do three a week. Over yeah. 100, and I just didn't have one today. That's fine. I don't no, know. It's all good. Yeah, it's about 111, I think. I, I, listen, you it, know, we leave the number exact. crunching to no, me. It's exactly 111. It's actually 110. I just crunched the numbers. No, you're wrong. Well, <laughs> I rounded down. Nope.
I did. <laughs> Justin, it is Elimination Chamber, WWE's uh, delicious pay-per-view or network event or what have you this Sunday. How do you feel about the Elimination Chamber match in general, not this year? I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when someone was asking me, like, my most uh, underrated match right. type. Yeah. I really like the Chamber match. Hell yeah. I think it's typically pretty good. I mean, I've been watching older ones on the network, and the lead-up to this one is a way to, like, get hyped, basically. <laughs> and the one a couple of years ago where Jack Swagger won it, oh. not very good. There's a history of the Chambers. Guys talk about how hard they are to have good matches. Here. I will say, though, Mark Henry in that match, <sighs> so awesome. Dude. That's like Hall of Pain Mark Henry. Are and, like, there's moments where you just see him in his pod in the background before he's let out of like into the match and like he doesn't look real. Yeah. He looks it. like uh, a video game like end boss basically. I mean, I know you know this cuz you hang out with me mm. a lot. You know I just can't I couldn't say enough good things about Mark Henry. He looks like Dark Side like the the <laughs> DC Comics villain. Yeah. He he just was a marauder. Like I bought him as just this giant destroyer to the degree that I bought I buy Braun now. Like yeah. they, they've tried that push with a lot of guys. But Which is weird though that it only worked with Mark Henry in that character type. Like 14 years into his run. Well, you, do you know all that about how why his initial run is so bad? Is they sexual they chocolate? like tried to force him to quit. Yeah, they signed him to such a big deal, and then he just wasn't really panning out. So they, tried they to, like wanted to embarrass him so he would leave. That's right. Yeah. Little great. did they know, powerful Mark Henry was going to see it through and I'm become so, doper than ever. Dude, if you're making that kind of money, I would. I mean. There's only so much embarrassment I would put up with, probably. Not me. <laughs> you want me? You want me to have a kid that's a hand with May Young? No problem. <laughs> there is. I will degrade myself to depths that would shock you for for ten million a year. Uh, uh, it wasn't ten million a year. I think it was like ten million total. Ten million over eight years. Something like that. Something like that. a huge amount of money. Yeah. Uh, but we have the elimination chamber. This and I don't know. Okay, so I think both of us and most wrestling fans, I love elimination matches mm -hmm. in general. Uh, so having it to be guaranteed is maybe what I like about the chamber because I can't think of a great elimination chamber. The one last besides year. last year, yeah. The one last year's was amazing. That, it's literally the best one. Yeah, it, it, with with Bray winning. I it's, really enjoyed the tag team one they did too on the network special where Ryback won the IC belt. Yeah, they did the IC and the tag. The tag one was fun. Yeah, the, the IC one from the top. sucked, but the tag one was awesome. Yeah, dude. In fact, there was a spot in that match where the Lucha Dragons climb on the yep. chains on top of the chamber. It's insane. And drop off of the top of the roof, and it's just like wow. Yeah, it's weird not to go back to to last round, but this Monday night's Raw main event, the the six woman tag match, was like. Like the first time I could think of since that IC match, we we're just like watching a match that has fallen apart. Like someone is trying yeah. to rescue it. You're watching someone call it in the ring. Yeah, basically. credit to Dolph for for that from two years ago. Yeah, but just let's talk about this Sunday's card. Uh, only four matches announced, but I think that tag title match between the Bar and Titus Worldwide will probably be on the pre-show. Yeah, I mean, you could do like a a four-way tag match or two tag matches that could be added to this. Yeah, because I do feel like. The Revival versus The Club not being on this card is kind of strange also. How is that not? It must be. I don't know. It's not on the announced card. I mean, they've been doing this lately, though, where they add matches to a pay-per-view like three days beforehand. So by the time people listen to this, it's entirely possible that like The Bar versus Titus Worldwide is official That's for the pay-per-view. But we'll see. But here's what is announced. Uh, Woken Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, uh, again. Now... 
I keep thinking that this feud is like not working because they're saving the good stuff for the run up to Mania. I'm still there. Because like, you know, I like Matt said that they're gonna bring back Senor Benjamin, that they're gonna bring back Rebby, they're gonna do all of the stuff that one. people loved before, and they're gonna be shooting on the compound. It hasn't happened yet. And now are they are they gonna do that after this pay per view is over and still continue this feud all the way to Mania? Because I don't see what else you could do with Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy in the lead up to Mania. I'll be honest, Justin. I'm still kind of into this feud. Like they don't. I feel like it's dead right now. But I have this weird optimism. I will say, it it revived itself a little bit for me this week by going back to what worked originally, which is trading back and forth video yeah. promos. Yeah, and you remember how good that first one was. So good. Um, and so I, I still, perhaps I'm just blindly optimistic here, but I still do feel like there can be good to come out of this feud, and I wouldn't be surprised if on Sunday we see something kind of, not gigantic happen to them, but a, a new a new coat of paint on this feud. And I, I will say I'm actually minorly looking forward to this match. If they, you know, slathered some uh, viscous fluid. <laughs> viscous liquid. <laughs> Remember how they just did this a match? A coat on... of viscous fluid? <laughs> Barbecue sauce. Yeah. Remember how they just, like, did this match on Raw 25? What the fuck was Bizarre. that? <laughs> Super Bizarre. Weird. But I'll say I, I didn't like their segment on Monday very much or much of the lead-up to this, but I'm kind of into this match on Sunday. Yeah, I keep waiting for for fireworks here, and so far it's just sparklers, you know what I mean? That's a great way of saying it. Uh, up next we got uh, Asuka versus Nia Jax with the stipulation, the ultra-convoluted stipulation, by the way, that if Nia Jax wins, she'll be added to whatever Asuka's championship match is at WrestleMania 34. Because Asuka, as the Women's Royal Rumble winner, can choose to challenge, in this case, the winner of the Women's Elimination Chamber or Charlotte. Yes. Uh, and that would become a triple threat with Nia Jax if Nia Jax were to beat Asuka. But here. now it ends the streak, which means it's probably not happening, which is weird that they would make such a convoluted stipulation for it to not happen. But I think the reason is is that they're going to get back to the imagery that they've been teasing all along. Every time they go back to the Rumble, it's Asuka in between the two champions. Who's she going to choose? Yeah. You don't introduce that when it's not something that we've seen attached to the Rumble in several years if you're not going to go through with the switch. And I also, we talked last week, or a few weeks ago maybe, about how you kind of need to separate Ronda from Asuka. Yeah. I cannot be on the same show. So if she's going to challenge Charlotte for the SmackDown belt and move over to that show, that's probably to the benefit of everyone, including the SmackDown roster. Yep. Oh, oh, I would say especially the SmackDown roster. Yeah. It needs some I mean, life. The only person who doesn't benefit is Becky Lynch, who kind of has her Mania program right. taken away from her. Right. But maybe true. we get uh, Becky Lynch versus Sarah Logan or something, you know? Carmella. Who knows? Something. Uh, we didn't pick a winner for uh, Bray and Matt. Um... Doesn't matter really. Yeah, I'll say Bray because he might like further break Matt, which elevates things. Yeah, I'll go with that too. Uh, and then who you got for? I just want to say that if somehow this ends up in a triple threat of Oscar, Nia Jax, and Alexa, that is like promotional malpractice usage of Oscar. Like I think that's yeah. the worst possible. But I mean, dude, they've been teasing out for like eight months now this one-on-one -on -one match between Nia and Alexa, and neither of them are very good in the ring. So I don't ever really want to see that yeah. at all. I, I thought Nia and Asuka had a good match together, actually, the for on Raw three weeks ago, I think it was. I actually thought that was a good match. Probably Nia's best. Yeah, Nia's match. not terrible in the ring, and no. Alexa's not terrible either. They're just both serviceable. Neither of them could carry the other, and body-wise, it just matches up weird. Like, I would love to see Sasha versus Nia or Sasha versus Alexa. Right. 
but neither of them are on the level of a Sasha where to put them both together against each other, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm into that. I'm I never going to be into that. I don't think you'd love to see Sasha versus Nia as you've seen it four times. Yeah, I know, but you know what I mean? But like, yeah, just a good wrestler exactly, in that role. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, who you got winning this? Uh, Asuka. Does she make Nia tap? I think that's what's interesting here is that the Asuka lock. Ooh. I could see her just, like, blacking out, basically. Yeah. I. It depends where this goes on in the show. If this goes on after the Women's Chamber and Alexa has lost her title, I could see Alexa getting involved. I, I don't know. I think there's ways they can go with this. I don't see Nia tapping, though. Yeah. But I'm still going Asuka for the win. I think she blacks out. Yeah, I think that. I think you just fully choke out, like, the Bailey match. Yeah, just puts her in the Asuka lock and she goes limp. Yeah. That's very fair. Uh, let's talk about that women's chamber match, Justin. It's uh, Alexa Bliss having to defend her title in the Elimination Chamber against Bailey, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Sasha Banks, and Sonya Deville. What's your expectation like for this match in terms of in-ring quality? Uh, depends who starts it, really, and who is in there the longest. Because, look, if you start off with one of Mickey or Bailey or Sasha, yeah. I think this has the potential to probably be a very good match. Sasha and Bailey have to be in this for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we really need to get rid of Mandy first, probably. And Sonya, Sonya Deville's not as bad as Mandy Rose, but she's, you know. Very green also. Super green. I, I think there's I a mean, real... None, none of them are as green as Chelsea Green. Hey! They're getting there. Hey! Uh, I think there's a real chance this match is horrible. I, I think there's, like, a very real... I mean, yeah, like, half of the workers are either average or bad. Yeah, like, so. in a match that is already hard to work. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe you get a, a Twisted Bliss off of a pod, because I think Alexa's small enough oh, that she won't hit the top. super rad. Yeah, that could be a really cool moment. There, there's some spots that I could see happening here, but if you end up with Mandy Rose versus... One, I guess her and Sonya will be allied, so maybe you have those two just double-teaming somebody. That's probably what they do. I could see those two starting the match with Bailey, one of the baby faces, beating them down, then another person enters, and they double-eliminate Sonya and Mandy. I think that's probably what will happen. Yeah. Uh, do we think this match starts the show? I think there's a very good chance of that. What do I, you think? I think for sure it does. Yeah, placement-wise. Because uh, you probably want to get it out of the way as early as possible so that the men's match at the end feels... Less repetitive. Yes. So big gap between them. I think against all odds, Alexa Bliss uh, retains in here. Probably enters six. It's either Alexa or Sasha. Yeah. that's. Um, I, I was thinking it had to be Alexa, and then she won the main event on Monday, which I know doesn't always yeah. mean anything about the uh, result on Sunday, but like sh she not just won, but like shocked Sasha, Yeah, which to me was like, Oh my god, Sasha might win the title on Sunday. I kind of got that sense too, leaving it. I still am picking Alexa here just because of that tease with Asuka at the end of the Royal Rumble with Ronda. Like it, it seems, it just seems like there's got to be some interplay there. But yeah, I mean, they could still do. Because look, we've talked multiple times over the last month about how there's so many women's feuds yeah. that there's probably going to be like four or five women's matches at Mania. Yeah, I think three or four, but and, yeah, lots. And I would probably be more into Sasha Bailey as the title program than Nia Alexa as the title program, but that doesn't Ooh, mean yeah. that Nia Alexa wouldn't still also happen. Right, that could be an aside. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I think Alexa's probably going to retain, but I would love to see Sasha do it. Yeah, I'm with you. And then finally, Justin, Braun Strowman, Elias, Finn Balor, John Cena, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and The Miz in the first ever seven-man elimination chamber. Uh, did you see Dana Brooke this week saying that it was sexist to not have a seventh woman in and she should be added? 
No. The only way to make this match more guaranteed to suck. <laughs> add Dana Brooke. No, only if she's dressed like Brother Love like she was on Monday. <laughs> That's so strange. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty excited for this match, actually, Justin. Monday's Raw actually kind of got me kind of pumped to see these so dudes interacting. It was a great two-hour teaser trailer. Yeah, basically, <laughs> right? <laughs> the length of a film. It really was. Yeah, we're getting excited to see a match that will no doubt be shorter than what we already saw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin, is your can your excitement be hampered here at all that almost certainly Roman Reigns is winning this match? Uh, no. No. Okay, good. Look, I, I, we all knew kind of that Bray Wyatt was going to win last year, and it's the road yeah. to getting there that's exciting, you know? The process is more interesting than the destination right. quite often. In, Especially in, in wrestling. Like this. And look, I've said many times, I am excited for Roman and Brock. Yep. It was a great match the first time. It'll be a great match now, you know? the only thing It might even be better because Roman's way better as a worker than he was before. Dude, anybody acting like... I, I don't even know if this is an opinion out there, but like, there's every reason to think Braun, or rather Brock and Roman, are going to put on a... A absolutely worthy WrestleMania main event. It's only the inevitability that I think hurts it a little yeah. bit. But look what's what has been the last match to go on at the last couple of WrestleManias. This will probably be the best uh, actual match that main events since the last time these guys were the main event of WrestleMania. Oh, easily. Like way better than Roman Taker. Easily. And better than Roman Triple H. Absolutely. So I, I have a hard time, but it's just that inevitability that feels a bit of a drag. But also, like, we're coming up on it pretty fast, and I haven't hated the road there as much as I thought I was going to like six months ago. No, they haven't really started the huge Roman thing. Roman yeah. took the Seth Rollins pinned him on Monday. You know exactly. Roman has actually lost a lot over oh, yeah. the last like month and a half. Yeah, th this is something where I don't get this when people are like, oh, you can't you can't present him as an underdog. It's like they're not. They're, they they haven't presented Roman as an underdog since he's called himself the guy. Mm -hmm. Like he, they're not doing that anymore. So and like I don't know. I'm curious to see within this match how the guys in it kind of get spun off into their separate Mania programs. Yes. Because we don't know, honestly, what's happening with Seth. He's the one guy that, like, has no clear Mania direction. He could be the one who tags with Ronda in that mixed gender tag that we're yeah. all expecting. Or you could spin him into the thing with Balor and Miz. We, I, I think we've all known for a while we're getting Balor and Miz for the IC title at Mania. That could be a three-way. Put Rollins in there. Is. You know, Balor should have plenty of reason to hate Seth Rollins, oh, which has not been revisited at all. Yeah, they, and I hope that comes up within this match and maybe as a story afterwards. Yeah, as well. I think that uh, that is where you're going to end up with those three. I just want to say that I think for a gimmick perspective, Miz and Braun in the chamber is also interesting for what their characters can do. Braun destroying Miz, hiding, and their history too. Absolutely. Um. Woo! Last 15 minutes. Elimination Chamber. Yeah. I'm pretty ready for that main event. Talking about it. Me too. I, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Raw did a good job for a go-home show, like I said earlier, that both did its job and didn't at the same time. Yeah. Like no twists, no angles, nothing. I'm still excited. Yeah. I'm such a shit-eating wild man for this. This yeah. whole weekend, I'm at the, the house show on Friday for WWE. I so picked up a shift like I a know. fucking idiot. I, I didn't know. realize what night it was. Uh, Is there any shirts you want? Yeah. Okay. Monday Night Rollins, Walk with Elias, yeah. and, uh, you know, the, the Braun one, the I, Monster Among Us. I'm wondering, do you think they'll be selling Ronda Rousey shirts? Probably. I don't want one, but I, I'm curious to see if they're... Send me a photo of the merch table. Yeah, I definitely will do that. Justin, you ready to dive into a little bit of uh, the mailbag? Yeah. You know what? Why not? <laughs> sure. Well, uh, actually, I was only asking you that because I don't want to. So oh, that's okay. it for this week's episode. Oh, okay. of, uh, Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the obvious tastes great. Uh, Justin, our first question this week comes to us from Danger. Be oh. Before we get there, though, yeah. I just I think 
I hope they do have those Monday Night Rollins shirts because, like, Rollins has been my guy for a really long time, and I feel guilty that I have, like, three Kevin Owens shirts and a Kevin Owens Funko Pop and, like, all this yeah. Kevin Owens merch. I don't have any Seth merch Do you at not? All. Nothing. Wow. He. I'm, I won't tell him because uh, who knows? I might go out for beers with him after because I am going to the show with Max. So, uh, uh, yeah. Who trained at the, the Black and the Brave? Or That's right. Yeah. And after the last house show? Went and had beers with Seth Rollins. Exactly. So maybe I'll come join you guys after. There we go. We'll see. Maybe I'll get to hang out with Seth too. Justin, uh, our first question this week, as I teased, comes to us from Danger Boy at Danger Boy 69420. Ah, good numbers. So uh, all of my favorite numbers in one place. And he asks, <laughs> I wasn't watching the product when CM Punk was on. Is he as good as people make him out to be? What should I rewatch? It's a good question. Um, I mean, clearly the main event at Money in the Bank. <laughs> Oh, yeah, uh, with, 2011 against, with, against Cena. Against Cena, that's, yeah. you know, one of the very few five-star matches from Dave Meltzer in WWE history. In fact, the last one before Gargano Almas. Is, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I would also say if there's any sort of, like, compilation for the build-up to that match, I feel like you couldn't appreciate that match in a vacuum. You need to watch the pipe bomb. At a minimum. If you haven't already, like, the whole thing's on YouTube, you for need the, sure. At least the pipe bomb and the contract signing you are, are must-watches. Um, <laughs> Punk's I, interesting. Yeah. He is one of my... I've, he's for sure a big reason why... I came back to wrestling. Sure, yeah. Him and Daniel Bryan. He, here's The question asks, is Punk as good as people make him out to be? And I think in some ways he's worse than people make him out to be, primarily in-ring. I think people like to overrate Punk's like actual in-ring moves. His in-ring psychology is unquestionable. But they underrate his importance. Mm-hmm. Like, CM Punk causes a, a seismic shift in the WWE you see today. Uh, he, b- before him, if you weren't watching pre-punk and then post-punk, I don't think you can truly appreciate that he opens up this floodgate. The indification. Yeah, he, they realize now that they can get money out of these old Ring of Honor champions, and they push guys, they push Daniel Bryan, the, the NXT now is... Samoa Joe. The Shield. <laughs> like, know, like, all these guys... Keeping their names also. Yeah, another. Yeah, that's true. Which he he got to do. Uh, Punk is also, in my opinion, and keep in mind, I am as big a CM Punk fan as you could find, even though I am admitting his, his in-ring's a little overrated. But a lot of that is his dance partners weren't there either, but that's a whole other discussion. He is... Yeah, I, I watched uh, the main event of the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view that I watched the other day was him versus Rock. See, yeah. Punk Rock too. Yeah. Now, everyone loves punk rock, but do they love <laughs> punk rock? I don't. I did not. No. I thought it was a very... Uh, I I wish I'd watched the Rumble match, because that one seemed like it was better. It is fun. Uh, the rematch at Elimination Chamber was not good. Punk doesn't even try in that match. And he, he could be like that sometimes, or if he felt like somebody was just a part-timer. But it's weird, because like, he also has Cracker Jacks with Alberto Del Rio. Like, he... He works really well with certain guys, but I, I'll say this about CM Punk. I truly think he's the all-time best at getting me invested in something that I shouldn't be invested in, and that's worth a lot. His Undertaker match is amazing. Oh, yeah, that's a must-watch. And again, if there's some sort of highlight package of the Raw stuff at that time, it, it, good too. So I, I bet you, though, there's a video pack before that match that does a good job of summarizing the feud. That's a great point. He was also really good at being able to switch back and forth between heel and babyface oh, on yeah. a whim, basically. And like the change in facial hair and haircut. Yeah. Oh, you have to watch Best vs. 
versus Beast. Him and Brock. Oh, yeah. That's a great match. Yeah, CM Punk fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty awesome. Um, Honestly, one of the things that w- that played during that Elimination Chamber was like the WrestleMania promo. Oh. Uh, do like, I have everybody's attention now? No, no, no. Not a promo. Like a promo video. Oh, oh. Where uh, it's just like a hype for video for... I guess the one that they did in New York where it was Rock Cena 2. Yeah, maybe. And, yep, that's right. Uh, the, the one where <laughs> Rock like blew up his arm or leg, I yeah. think, or butt maybe. <laughs> and is not allowed to wrestle anymore because of that. It's his leg, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that one. Uh, they, they ran like a hype video for it, like the, you know, playing the I'm Coming Home song. Yeah, yeah. Just flashes of the New York skyline. And like within the promo packet, like when they are inserting, like, their own wrestlers into the New York skyline or whatever, it's just, like, a subway panel, and it's, like, Punk's face. And it's like, oh, yeah, remember that innocent time when (laughs) WWE promoted CM Punk as Uh, one of their marquee players? What an interesting time that was. I I miss it. I'll say he is as good as people make him out to be. Yeah, I'll agree. Uh, Even though he got stuck in feuds with guys who just – Honestly, weren't on his level for. Oh, you mean he couldn't carry Kevin Nash at age, whatever fucking age he was, forty-seven. Yeah, he he (laughs) too good match. Laurinaitis. Yeah, uh, but but the the Cena feud is an all-timer. Hit me with a question there, Madman Morissette. This one comes to us from I am Coke now at Coca Cola LLC. Thank you to our sponsor. He asks not a question as much as a request. Book the saddest current WWE. Slash NXT tag team stable breakup, you can. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I asked him if he meant sad as in boo-hoo or sad as in pathetic. And he meant boo-hoo. And here's what I came up with. I think there probably is a better answer. Just nothing came right to the forefront for tag teams and specifics. Okay. But I was saying if they did something with Sanity where Eric Young as the leader – Somebody gets to him and, like, authoritizes him. Like, now he's a suit. And he turns his his back on these street gangs. And he, like, legitimately talks down to them and, like, sort of your cute big brothers them. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, that was – like, he's not – He's not mean to them. He's just sort of like, oh, yeah, that was when we were kids, though. Like, I feel like as wrestling fans, that's something that does live in our hearts a little bit. Like, when people are just like, oh, yeah, that's for kids. So I think that's sort of living through Eric Young being like, oh, no, guys, yeah, yeah, but I'm doing this that, now. like, Bobby Roode glorifies him, basically. Something like that, yeah. And I, I think that could really work, honestly. Uh, so that was what I came up with. You, you Anything in, come to your brain there, Jess? I mean, I'd be devastated if the revival broke up. But that's just because, like... It's not like a storyline moment like Gargano Ciampa where my heart breaks in two, you know? Like, there's nobody that I'm that emotionally invested in as a team, as a babyface at the moment that I would, like, feel genuine sadness for. It's just that you know they're way better together. Yeah, it's like like watching American Alpha get broken up on the main roster. It's like, it's, I'm not sad at the breakup, I'm sad at the booking. Yeah. Because what are you doing? Revival's a good answer there, too. Yeah. <laughs> Dash, like, starts doing moonsaults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what fractures them. One of them wants to, oh, my fists hurt. Can't we just do some flips? <laughs> That'd be great. Just our next question from us this week comes to us from at Lorenzo Meow. That's our guy Doug Crab and he asks dream elimination chamber matchup you can use any superstar at their height of their career who are the two that start off the match a lot of ways you can go with this one yeah I'm gonna say you have to have Brock Lesnar in it yep I would agree uh Lesnar and then Austin and Rock 
Yeah. Okay, so you've got half of it, and I'm filling out the other half. Well, I don't want to – okay, I, never mind that. I say Brock Lesnar. Okay. Uh – Dream Elimination Chamber. So let's just discuss here. Is this the match we would most want to watch? Like stakes not matter? Yes. Okay, awesome. Never. I, I know where I'm going with this then. Okay, I feel like we need someone in there who can, you know, do some some big spots. Yep. Reliably do some outstanding wrestling. Mm-hmm. And he's not necessarily like a star on the level of some of the guys who I think we're going to draft, but uh, he is... Clearly a very big star and obviously a very great wrestler, and I feel like I've overlooked him in our last few drafts. So okay. I'm going to correct that right now Yeah, by picking AJ Styles. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... He was it, so good in the chamber match last year. Of, like, part of the reason why that match was so great was AJ. AJ Styles has a thing where he's almost just so reliable that you don't talk about him. It's like, oh yeah, of course he was good. Yeah. <laughs> like, even him and... Co- Did you watch Main Event of SmackDown last night? I haven't seen it yet. No, I, okay. I only watched the first half of the show. But you know what the main event is. Yeah. It's Corbin and AJ. The, the second, gifts? Just from the gifts I saw, it looked great. The, the second half of the match, I was like... This is really good. Baron Corbin AJ. So, yeah, AJ's a great pick. What if I said that I wanted a, a luchador really badly in there? This is Ooh. unlike me. Ooh, I could see that. Yeah, you're not big on that style of wrestling. Generally not, but in the chamber, I feel like I'm most interested in how guys are interacting in this weird structure. And we're taking them in their peak form. Yeah. So, are you thinking Rey Mysterio? I was going to go Rey. Yeah. Is that insanity? No, I don't think so. Uh, so, I... Or I was actually thinking Penta, too, because uh, when Brock has Lucha on, he's the one guy who really stands out to me because he does a package pile driver. But I'll keep it WWE, and I'll go with uh, Rey Mysterio. All right. Well, it, it's, a, it's a vicious match. Yes. It's a brutal match. No question. It's a, it's a, it's a very tough, tough, rough-and-tumble match. Yes. Uh, which kind of requires someone with, like, a brawler style. Who are we going with? Which is kind of, again, why last year's match was so good, because kind of Dean fit that mold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this time around, we're going to go with, uh, you know, the all-time great brawler, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, not where I thought you were going with that. Oh, That's really? fantastic. Austin. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. Who do you think I was going to say? My next pick, so oh, okay, I'll okay. save it. Okay. Uh, and I think Austin's great there. And, of course, We've all wanted to see Austin versus Brock. Yep. That's been teased out even as recently as the fucking Stone Cold <laughs> yeah, podcast. Like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Justin, do you remember when we were booking our uh, our Dream WrestleMania, just for the fun factor, who I had in my main event? It was a triple threat. Uh, it was Samoa Joe. Correct. And it was Brock Lesnar. Correct. And it was... I can't remember the third guy. That's perfect because rounding out that triple threat and entering the chamber, you talked about its uh, its unforgiving nature, its its hardcore sensibility. No mercy. There is no mercy in there. No mercy. And a man who showed that he needs none and asks for none, Cactus Jack, is going to be up in this elimination ah, chamber. Right on. Yeah. No, uh, that's the big loss with no more, no mercy. Is the no song. more of the No Mercy song. <laughs> no Mercy. Yeah, so we'll just bring it back. We'll tie it, we'll tie it to Elimination Chamber. <laughs> Elimination Chamber this Sunday. <laughs> no Mercy. <laughs> I'm very into it. Who's your last pick here, Jess? Uh, it's the final man to go in. Yeah. We need a technical wrestler. No question. I think uh, you're right. And, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels yep. versus uh, AJ Styles is something that the people have always wanted to see. Yep. Um, but... If it's peak form, Ooh, oh, 
I think I want Daniel Bryan instead. Okay, Daniel. I think Daniel Bryan's good there. Yeah, I think I want to see Daniel Bryan against all the guys in this match. Yeah, I agree with that. We didn't pick The Rock or Punk. I thought Punk would be in this for sure, too. Punk was going to be a trick. I figured we just talked about it in the last question. What am I going to Yeah, go so Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Uh, I love this match. Yeah. So who's starting it? Who's the first two? Yeah. Uh, you gotta keep Brock in the chamber. He's gotta be yes. like a hulking body Unquet- whose silhouette you just see over people's shoulders throughout 100%. the first like twenty five minutes. Uh, so he's gonna stay locked in his pod, and I'd st- I'd put Austin at one. Yep, and two. Cactus Austin and Cactus starting us off. That's. Uh, Whew. Can we play this match on 2K? I was going to say, I this really is, to do this. I am fired up for this match. <laughs> good Lord. Good, great question. Good job, us, Justin. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't believe who our next question to us comes from. No, who? It's our favorite listener. Really? Scoots Brodo. Now, okay. I noticed something. Scoots oh. Brodo. Yeah. I noticed he changes his name when he knows we're recording. Is that right? Yeah, so he knows you're going to read it this way. And then tomorrow when we're not recording, it's going to go back to a friend of the show or whatever it usually Does is. he really? Yeah. Scoots, I got to tell you, I respect the shit out of him. <laughs> He's working a gimmick. He's working us great. He says next time that there's a house show in Everett, if we head down, then he'll buy us dinner. Oh, hell yeah. So absolutely take him out. Or if there's Raw in Everett again. Oh, dude. I really enjoyed that Everett show. Yeah. Daniel Bryan's retirement. And he asks, the NWO is upon us. Hashtag good friends. Yeah, and you know who else was at that Everett show? Who? Stephen Amell. That's if right. you think Stephen Amell can work a, a tag match at SummerSlam, but Rob Gronkowski can't, <laughs> yeah. get the fuck out of here. Pretty, that's a good point. The NWO is upon us, hashtag good friends, and it's time for us to install a one-world government comprised of only professional wrestlers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great question. Who would be the most equipped to lead the world, and who should he or she surround themselves with? Okay, let's start there. So who's the, the who's president? Who's our president? That's right, yeah. So are they, we're doing their, their gimmick. They're not their, uh, the person that we know them. Yeah. Before. I mean, I'm thinking about great world leaders. Yeah. Like Mussolini. Yeah. Donald Trump. Or Kennedy. Stalin. Uh, they have a cult of personality. Oh, dude. You think Punk? Punk's an asshole, though. But he'd get shit done. Yeah. I'm installing Punk as world leader. He's lucid because he's never done drugs or drank. Yeah. So he's got no... Like, there's no dirt to be dug up on him because yeah. he's as clean as they come. But Punk can be a real prick. Yeah. But, but he did change the establishment for the better, he helping did. out the little man. Exactly. Great pick, J-Mo. So CM Punk. Okay, so President CM Punk. I'm surprised you didn't know where I was going from the moment I said, like Mussolini. <laughs> or Kennedy. <laughs> uh, it's it's interesting to me that uh, we we have CM President, but uh, I'm, I'm here for it. So who's he surrounding himself with? I think okay, we need- in, in the cabinet, yeah. I know who the Minister of Finance is. The Million Dollar Man, Teddy no. Bossy? I mean, that's a good choice, too. Who? You need a guy who's good with numbers. Oh, me? Who's, like, <laughs> whose, like, ability with math is unquestionable. Go ahead. And that is Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> so, hang on. Your minister of finance yeah. is the big booty daddy? Of course. All right. 
Uh, we know that he is. Look, great he's with gonna math. crunch the numbers. Yeah, he, ain't he gonna... might literally crunch them. <laughs> Can I tell you my problem with him in terms of uh, he doesn't show a lot of simpy to the common man. That's true. So he doesn't care. All he's right, too I got busy like running his shakies or whatever he owns <laughs> down in Atlanta. If we have Steiner crushing crunching the numbers and maybe the other people in the cabinet, I feel like we need somebody sort of on the other side of that, somebody monitoring green energy, uh, this sort of thing. So in my my resource management slot, I'm gonna. Have, I think Daniel Bryan's the the natural pick there. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go D. Bry. He's like uh, in charge of the parks board. Yeah, the parks and environment, all that bullshit. Yeah, and like uh, composting toilets and shit. That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Justin, here we go. I think I'm going to name some old wrestlers, and you have to find a home for them okay, on okay. the cabinet, okay? So okay. we've built a pretty good core, so now I'm just going to shit all over it. You have to kayfabe it into existence. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. How are you going to have Paul Heyman in the cabinet? Uh, he is the he's in the Linda McMahon position. He's the manager of small business. Yeah, that seems like a, I bet he'd kill at that. To be honest, yeah, he, I mean, in a bunch of underhanded ways and and whatnot. Okay, how's the Ultimate Warrior going to be captain? Uh, ooh, <laughs> he is going to be the. Uh, a guy whose politics are just atrocious. I'm going to add. be the Secretary of Army. <laughs> you're just invading he's got everyone. The warrior spirit. Well, I have a feeling that you're just going to be invading everyone. It's a one world. Who's to invade when it's a one world government, bud? So there we go. That's our that's our government. We're harmonious. Not not. Uh, I can't say that we came up with anything great. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, can you hit me with something I can only call a question? Yeah, this one comes to us from Mike Fail. Hello. Who says, if you could toss one wrestler off the Hell in a Cell from King of the Ring 1998, <laughs> who would you toss? So is this, okay, so were we talking about, like, who would we kill? Because, like, I, don't, I think Foley is the only one who can survive it. Uh, I feel like people have taken bumps and survived. Shane. Yeah. Who else do you feel like could take, like, hell bumps? I've seen Dean do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like Matt Tremont. Oh, would probably do it. Matt Tremont sneezes. Are you? That's a night off for Matt Tremont. <laughs> Coming off the top of a cell, he'd be like, "Hang on, what's at the bottom? A table? Are you sure it isn't saw blades?" Yeah, <laughs> this I is... think this is a question asking us like who we have a vendetta against. Though. Yeah, yeah. So, so who am I throwing off the cage? I don't want to kill them, but like maybe maim them. Send a message. I'm sending a message to Dolph Ziggler that I knew uh, you would pick Dolph. That's too predictable. He's okay. Fine, I won't pick Dolph. Then no, you can pick it. So I would love to hear your uh, your justification here. Because at least he'd go off TV for long enough that maybe there's a chance I might miss him in some capacity. And he like returns in a general manager role, like yeah. in a wheelchair. Yeah, it gets like some simpy from me. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go. But, like to avoid a lawsuit. Against the commissioner, they've had to install him as GM. <laughs> okay, I, I hate to do wheelchair. this as a back-to-back answer, but I did just bring him up in the last question too. But I am really interested in Scott Steiner coming off the top of a cage. Like, I'd like to see what that looks like. Okay, I I think there's one man who deserves to be thrown off. Deserves the top of oh. the cell in 1998. I think I know who you're going with, and that is, uh, of course, none other than. Big Mike Elgin. Oh, not where I thought you were going, but very good. Dude, who, who, who else did you think deserved? I thought it? you were going to say Enzo. I mean, he might. He might not. We don't know. We'll see how this plays out. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, yeah, he might go off the top of the cage in 1998. <laughs> who knows? Exactly. No, I'm not saying that uh, I don't think Enzo Amore is a piece of shit. I just know that Big Mike Elgin is a piece of shit. Absolutely. So I'm going to throw him. 
Uh, Justin, our next question this week comes to us from Brandon O'Connor at BooferOC on Twitter, and he asks, What am I missing that doesn't have me loving Oscar? Oscar, ignore the terrible promo, as I'm not going to fault someone for trying to grasp the language. I just don't find her all that interesting or good. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, oh, no, you, you go ahead. Uh, I don't know. I was in a similar spot for a little while. Oh, okay. Uh, what brought you back? Her, her NXT run, I just didn't think it was, like, super compelling. Mm-hmm. Probably because, like, most of the people she had to work against were not that great. Do you think you're sort of saying after Bailey and Nia, like, everything after that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. But, uh, like, she obviously is very good, like, clearly. This is, again, where I feel like the brand split hurts okay because like a, a bunch of the people i would love to see oscar working against are on smackdown now that's if she's fair. gonna move over to smackdown maybe i still have those matchups to look forward to and maybe that's why the brand split is actually great that's the counterpoint sure yeah but uh you know i don't know there's just like they don't want to put her against some of these people on the main roster because then like you know that's like i even feel like it's too too soon to do oscar charlotte but, oh, it is. It is. But they're going to do it, probably. They might. And it's going to be awesome. It, oh, it'll probably... There's no reason to think that that won't be lights out. Like, uh, the, in a realistic sense, though, if there was going to be a women's match that, like, main events of WrestleMania in the way that, like, Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte all talk about their dream of main eventing a WrestleMania. Yeah. To me, I think, like, Asuka Charlotte, if you stretch it out for another 14 Keep months... Keep them away from each other. Next year, genuinely, probably could be the main event of WrestleMania. I I don't think you get there without Ronda. That's probably true. Uh, I'll say this about Asuka. Uh, They did, I think it was three weeks ago, they let her promo in Japanese on the show. Yeah. Uh, And it was awesome, and the crowd reacted in a huge way. Because it showed her passion. I don't need to know what someone's saying to know that like there's feeling there. So it seems obvious to me that they should always allow her to do that. This week, again on Raw, they went right to this cookie-cutter package where she has to cut a promo backstage, and it's like... The whole Paul Heyman thing about, like, turn down the weaknesses and crank the strengths. Like, why is Asuka having to, like, promo Elimination Chamber? But here's why I like Asuka. And maybe for, for you, Boo, The for- Sasha match on Raw a couple weeks ago. Like, if that's not enough to make a fan out of you, I don't know what will. All the Asuka matches on Raw, Bailey, Sasha, Naya, were all good. And then I'm going to say this. And I think this is ultimately what I like about Asuka. And maybe this will help you, Brandon. If Dana Brooke is on the roster... Okay, or somebody of a Dana Brooke tier. Mm-hmm. There's no one I'd rather see Dana Brooke wrestle than Oscar, and here's why: because you're going to at least get stiffness, and that translates to somebody who doesn't know how to wrestle very well. Oscar throwing brutal forearms at Dana Brooke is a move Dana Brooke can take, and they don't have to do any moves. She can help lesser people shine more. I think you saw that with Ember Moon. I think you saw that with Ruby Riot. I, I, I think there's there's a lot, or Nikki Cross's best match. Like a lot of people, when they go one on one with Oscar, don't have to be great to get something brutal, fast-paced, and hard-hitting that you don't see in the women's division. So even if you don't like her, she's at least different. Yeah, and part of that also, uh, even just in the way she's present, presented as like a character and her costuming and whatnot, you know, if I'm going to nerd out about um, Black Panther as being this, you know, big thing about representation and whatnot, yeah. uh, then I should also appreciate the fact that Asuka is radically yeah. different from anyone not just on the roster but from anyone who's ever been in wwe before yeah yeah her look is yeah. outrageous so yeah that that's for me but who knows everyone isn't for everyone right that's uh, true i fe- i feel on the outside with some people all right well we got a question here that i think is going to be really easy it's our last question it comes to us from wes watanko hello wes and he asks what would you rather take 
the Rikishi stink face or the Joey Ryan dick flip? Uh, okay, well, so I'd way rather take the dick flip, but, like, I, I wouldn't be able to. Like, I know how to take the sig face. I sit there. Yeah. But if I had to take one, the dick flip, for sure. What do you think? I feel like I would be able to take the, dip, the dick flip. All you do is flip yourself. I don't know how to do a cartwheel or anything. Oh, I could I could take that bump. There I we think. go. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, it would be an honor to take a dick flip. For sure, yeah. Like, our, our boy uh, Jay Bowman from the... Monday Nitro Project. Uh, yeah, Random Nitro Random Project. Nitro Project. Great podcast. Uh, he, you know, was one of the guys at the ECCW show who was like an actor who was in the ring pretending to be a City of Vancouver official. Oh, was he? Enforcing the bylaws. Yeah, he got forcibly his hand put on Joey Ryan's junk. It would be an honor of for that to happen. Yeah. It's such a cartoonishly hilarious thing. Like, I just don't think I have even an ounce of, like, gay panic in my body to be like, no. oh, my God, I'm touching this guy's junk. Oh, yeah, that didn't even cross my mind. It'd be hilarious. Oh, yeah, no, I think it's definitely... The, and it's less degrading. It'd be, like, the highlight of my life to take the yeah. dick flip. I've, I've grabbed at least one dick so many times in my life, it would blow your mind. <laughs> uh, and that's it for our questions this week, Justin. Thank you all so much for sending them in. Uh, we love doing this part of the show, as yeah. we say. Uh, Justin, how long are we into this show right now? I have now? no idea. This has felt like uh, one that we've uh, been verbose. We've said we've said it all, really. Hey, look, it's yeah, dude. We've been close to an hour forty-five. We need to call it. We do, but look, it was the longest match in history this week. We had to match it, and now we uh, have done our longest episode ever. We so. had to match it, and uh, how fitting, like you say, in concert with the longest message. I'd like to say once more, if you're still here, Patreon.com/slash/TopMarks is uh, where you can go and support us. If you like this show, there'll be a bonus episode coming out next week where we review WrestleMania 5. You can hear our thoughts about that for uh, if you jump in at the $5 tier. Uh, commercial and Gravely on Monday nights. This Monday I will be there watching Raw, drinking beer. Come on down. It's going to be great. Justin, anything else you'd like to say to the no. good people? No, just that... We love uh, you. Yeah, you know, it's cold out there, so be hot. Be spicy. Taste great. Because you're... Creamin! What? 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 Titus Worldwide! Tell me that this isn't the best flavor of LaCroix. It's the best. It really is. I'm drinking the, if anyone's still listening, the blackberry cucumber flavor. Now, it's only available to our American listeners, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah but it's really fucking good. Yeah, my, my drummer and my band and roommate and one of my dearest friends on earth, Brock, went to the States and brought me this back. So cheers to you. And if you're still listening to this, cheers to you as well. <laughs> Titus Worldwide!